Blog Talk Radio. everybody. This is Neil Thompson Speaks. I am your host, Neil Thompson. This is the inaugural episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. Thanks for listening. On this show, we or on this podcast, we will be talking to people who donned the shackles of the corporate life and went into business for themselves with no apologies. Today, my guest is Robert Budd, King of the Kettlebell. King of the Kettlebell. Robert is a fitness coach and wellness professional running his own coaching business. I'm so interested to hear Robert's journey from becoming or hear his journey to becoming self-employed. Let's talk to him right now. Robert, are you there? I'm here. Excellent. How are you doing? Very very well. Thanks, Neil. I'm doing great actually. Excellent. Oh, great, great. Thanks again for being my first guest on my new podcast. You're welcome. Um, I'm honored. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. So first question that I have for you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, when I was a kid or now? <laughs> when you were a kid. Um, I wanted to be a firefighter, um, and that – as a kid, I, I can't really say that um, I knew what I wanted to do, but uh, I knew as I got older, I wanted to be a, a, fire, a firefighter. Like when I got in high school and stuff like that, um, I was just drawn to being of service to others and um, for no other reason. I mean, it, you know, firefighters don't get paid a ton of money, but just to be a, a contribution to others. That's, that's, that's my, that was my main drive of wanting to be a firefighter. Well, as I said in my intro, you didn't end up being a firefighter. You ended up working in fitness. <laughs> so, what yeah. was, so uh, what, what was your first adult job? A first adult job. Um, at, at what age exactly? Would that, would that be past eighteen, like uh, out of high school? Well, that would be an adult, Robert. 18, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, when I was eighteen, I worked for. A save on drugs. I was a um, I was a photo clerk. I was, I was the first person pretty much people saw as they came in the door. So I, was, uh, I used to work customer service, and uh, I used to you know be a checker and um, give people their photo, photos and stuff like that. I guess that was my I started that job. I guess when I was in high school, and then when I got out of high school, I was still there for a little bit. Interesting. Uh, a photo clerk at Save On. Were you still working with film? Am I now? Well, no. When you were when you were working at as a photo clerk at Savon, this was before digital. 
doesn't it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, people would bring in their film, and uh, you know, I record it, and and you know, the, they had these little things. You know, you stick them in an envelope, you stick it in a in a bag, and then I re- I would uh, record what um, you know who they were, and we send it off to the lab and come back, and you actually get pictures. Wow. See, this is all before my time, Robert. <laughs> I don't think I've ever owned a, a phone with, with film ever. In oh, my life. man. Wow. Well, great. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for uh, dating me there. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you're not old. Not really. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> old enough to, for that, but not, you know, not old enough to um, have those cameras where you uh, – you know, you got to put over your, the hood over your head and, you know, click it that way. So, yeah, but, yeah, we you still use some. We, um, we had Polaroids, too, as a matter of fact. Polaroids. You know what? Yeah. I remember watch, I remember when I was watching TV as a kid, I used to see people use those big Polaroid cameras, and they take a picture, and it, it would, the paper <laughs> would come out of the camera. Yep. I just think, wow. So that's the kind of, well, not, well, I guess you didn't work with that because that's, that's automatic, but people, developing people's film. So you wanted yeah. to be a firefighter when you were a kid. You worked at Savon as a photo clerk out of high school, but eventually you decided to go into work for yourself as a fitness professional. What made, what motivated you to do that? Well, it was um, a case of an opportunity dropped in my lap, and I, I took it. So it was um, I was working out at a at a gym. Uh, for many years, I worked at, at a gym called, um, worked out of, um, it's called Flex Fitness. It was in Reno, Nevada. And um, I, was, I was heavily into powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, I was training, you know, a couple of people here and there. And the, the gym owner came to me one day and he says, I'm going to close the gym down. And would you, you know, you want to take it over, take over the whole gym. So it was a big gym, um, you know, like the size of like 24-hour Nautilus or something like that. It was a big, big gym. It was privately owned, but it was big. And I was like, no way, no, I can't take that over. But I'll, I'll take, you know, a few pieces of equipment and open up a, a studio. And the, the uh, so that's what I did. I took a few pieces of uh, his equipment that he was selling and uh, bought it and um, opened open a, a private gym. Oh, oh wow, okay, that's that's, that's so you, you basically the owner of where you were working at. He didn't want to have the gym anymore, and he sold you a few pieces of equipment, and that's kind of how you got started in being a, a business owner? Yeah, that was it. Um, a little before that, actually, I started, I was I was working inside of a, uh, the personal trainer at a tennis club, and, you know, I had some uh, clients there, and I, I had my own, you know, my own clientele, but I always had a, a side job, and then I, I quit that and did that full-time. I, I guess that was in 2003, I, I quit everything else and I started working as a personal trainer. So that's when I started as a full-time trainer. And then this opportunity came up in uh, 2004 and in 2005, I opened the doors. Okay. So you've been on your own basically since 2005. Um, yeah. You know, as a, as a profession, yeah. As, as a gym owner since 2005, as, as a personal trainer, I did it for a few years before that, but not, not necessarily full time until 2003, and then I was full time. Uh, relied on personal training as you know my source of income, and so yeah, I guess you know as a sole proprietor since 2003 and gym owner. So I owned uh, gyms from 2005 to 2015, or right okay, around so there. Yeah, 2014 something like that. 
All right. So basically, you've been working for yourself for over a decade now. For the yeah. people that that you know in the audience that don't know, you're very heavy into kettlebells. I actually know Robert from a gym that he used to own and work at. I used to go to his gym every day around five thirty, six o'clock, and swing kettlebells for an hour. Very heavy into the kettlebells. I've never worked <laughs> with kettlebells before meeting you, and ever since then, every every gym that I've been to, I always look to see if they have kettlebells there. Why kettlebells? Why, why, are, you so he- why are you so heavy into kettlebells? Why are they so important? Um, well, I started reading about them, and um, right around... I don't know, 99 to uh, 1999, something like that. And I was, I was powerlifting at the time, competitive powerlifting, and um, uh, was good at it. I was actually um, competed on the world stage at Worlds before. I, I held state records for Nevada and stuff like that. And I was, uh, as a powerlifter, you're always chasing the next record, the next, the next number. And um, I would do uh, everything in my power to. Um, research and to study those who were already winning or those um, strong individuals. And, and there was a commonality between all of them. And they were um, from the Eastern European bloc, like Russians and Germans and stuff like that. So I started reading what they were doing and the underlying uh, commonality was, was kettlebells. And so I started, you know, looking up kettlebells and there was a, there's a guy, not not was, but he's still around. Pavel Sotsalin, his name is, and he was writing for a magazine called um, Muscle Media. And I loved his his writing. I loved how he he would um, explain, and it was like no nonsense. Do this if you want to get stronger. Do this if you you know you want to increase your bench. Do this. And he was, he's Russian, and um, and so I started reading about all of his principles. But I didn't have a a kettlebell. I was just doing do the, the exercises that he was prescribing with uh, dumbbells and barbells. And then I met him. Uh, I went to a, a bodybuilding competition, a Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Olympia bodybuilding competition, and he was there. He was one of the guest speakers. And, um, at the, you know, I was enthralled with this guy. He was um, – I just loved him. It was like starstruck, you know, oh my gosh, it's Pavel, you know. So he went as he was so this um, – this is how I got into it. This is literally the first time I ever touched a kettlebell. So we're at Mr. Olympia. He's, he's guest speaking at the expo and there's about 200 people in the audience and all bodybuilders, you know, because that's who go to Mr. Olympia competitions usually. And, uh, he was up on stage and he challenged, um, people in the crowd. Uh, I, I said, I bet you can't do one exercise with the kettlebell, um, that we have, you know, I'll give you an exercise. I bet, I bet any one of you, you can't do it. And uh, no one raised their hand. So I jumped up, popped my hand up, and I said, I'll do it. So I got up on stage, and um, he said, all right, take this kettlebell and swing it around your body. Just swing it around your body. Nothing special, nothing that took a lot of skill. And uh, keep swinging, and then I will, uh, I'll be right back. So he gave me the kettlebell, started swinging my, around my body, and he went off and started talking to the audience. And it seemed like a time later, he comes back, and he has, has me set it down. He says, how do you feel? And I was so out of breath, I couldn't say anything, nothing. Nothing would come out of my mouth. And it was maybe a minute or a minute and a half later. And um, he says, good, all right, sit down. So that was my first experience with kettlebells and Pavel. And then after that, I, I talked to him, about, you know, how to get stronger. And uh, I got his books and went and got certified. So that was in, uh, it was probably 2003, something like that, uh, 2003, 2004, that I, I, I encountered him for the first time. 
Oh, okay. So since yeah. basically since 2003, you've been messing around with the kettlebells, and so much so that you know you mentioned that you got certified through Pavel, but from what I know, you actually developed your own kettlebell certification. Would you mind talking about that? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I taught for um, for Pavel. I was um, I was in his organization called uh, Russian Kettlebell Certifications (RKC), and I was a um, high-level instructor, a team leader. And then when he went over to Strong First, I went with him, and I was uh, doing the same thing. I would go to his certifications, and I would teach for him as one of the lead instructors. And um, it came to a point where I'd been doing the kettlebells for probably almost um, almost ten years. It was almost it was right around ten years, and um, and I was uh, proficient at them, and I seen a ton of results. I started doing them because to heal up some injuries from powerlifting my back and shoulders mainly. And, um, and so I, I thought to myself, you know, I can do this. I can write my own. I, I can see things that are missing in, inside of what he teaches or what the, what the um, uh, organization teaches. So I started, um, I, you know, I started writing a certification. And um, so now I have, I have my own. I, I completed being I'm not no longer with I don't longer teach with with Pavel because it's conflict of interest of course uh, he you know he, Pavel's great he wished me well and told him I wanted to start my own certification and, and teaching you know um, on my own so I uh, I wrote it and um, I guess I let's see I, I completed that in 2014 and I've done two certifications of my own since then so I. Uh, I train trainers. I go inside of gyms and I instruct and certify um, already people who are already in the business and in, in the personal training business who are coaches and want to expand their knowledge in kettlebells and and it, it's it's a um, it's a I guess they would call it a beginning type of uh, it's an introduction a higher level certification. I I made it to where. Anybody who has a general knowledge of the body and of training could do it. You don't have to be a kettlebell expert or be uh, even be proficient with kettlebells. I, I have them proficient walking out. So after my certification, you're proficient and able to, uh, to teach them and do them, you know, safe and effectively. Oh, okay. Well, well when it comes to, to – the kettlebell. You said that you actually wrote a certification. What does it actually take to write a certification? It's just you write a bunch of different exercises that you can do with the kettlebell. Um, yeah, for for the most part, you know, I picked the uh, six basics, what I was taught as the basics. So it's um, uh, of course swing. Swing is a staple uh, kettlebell exercise. The swing, clean, squat, um, press, Turkish get up, and snatch. And um, those six exercises I broke down and to, um, I scaled them way back and I reverse engineered uh, how I did these exercises myself and um, took, took the experience that I have working with um, a ton of different people, a ton of different people doing the uh, kettlebells over the years. And um, I saw what was needed or um, I, I guess in general, what uh, and it's, with our society, there's um, most of the people that I come across that have uh, tight shoulders, rounded shoulders, and tight hips. So I wrote the certification for those in our general public, not n- not necessarily athletes, um, not necessarily even in shape, um, just those who 
um, you know, I know that kettlebells are for everybody. And so that's how I designed the, the uh, certification that it could be taken and taught to anybody, anybody from, you know, a kid all the way up, you know, either you're athletic, you're an athlete, professional athlete, all the way up until um, 70, 80 years old. You know, I've taught people in their 90s, actually, kettlebells. Okay. So you said you, you've already done a couple of certifications of trainers. How do you go about finding the places to, certif- to, to, to certify people? Um, we're, you know, word of mouth. I am in San Diego and, um, I know a lot of gym owners and they have staff of, um, you know, trainers, gyms and go to them and tell them that I have this certification and I can have their trainers be that much better. You know, it's an, it's an asset for them to know kettlebells because they're so popular. People are going to do them anyways. They're in every single gym. And, um, you know, as you probably have seen, not everybody does them the same and not everybody does them that I would consider safely and effectively. So it's, um, it's really advantageous to have a owner of a gym, have their trainers know how to do it correctly. And that's all I I come to them. I I don't say that, you know, my way is the best way or it's my way or the highway. I just tell them like whatever I teach them, they will, be able to teach and do themselves very safely, very effectively, no injuries, um, and they'll be able to increase their clientele and retain the clientele they have. So if they're doing kettlebells because they're trendy um, and they hurt somebody, that's money out of their pocket. They're going to lose clientele or they're going to get a bad rep. So it's, you know, as a gym owner, that's what I always wanted my trainers to be as knowledgeable in um, areas that they're going to be doing anyways as possible. So that's all I, it's pretty much all I, I tell people, I'll tell the owners, like, look, you want your trainers better at what they're going to do anyways and be able to increase their clientele, do the certification. So it sells itself. Oh, okay. Would you, would you prefer that the trainers that you certified not be certified in any other kettlebell certification? Uh, no, it, it, they, uh, they, they carry over. I, I think more um, um, education, and more, you know, continuing education that a, a trainer has, the better. You know, they really should be a, uh, as myself, I'm a student of the sport. So I'm always going to different certifications. And even with kettlebells, I've gone to, you know, three different certifications. Um, and uh, so they're not all the same. You always pick up something new, uh, maybe a different way of cueing things. So um, it it's, it works both ways. So if somebody has never taken a certification, you don't really have to get past them, quote, unquote, knowing how to do them um, or uh, getting past any kind of bad form. And if somebody comes and they're open to learning something new and maybe a different way of teaching them, that's great too. So it's for, yeah, for really anybody. Oh, Okay. You mentioned earlier that you used to be a gym owner. I'm assuming that you're, you're not a gym owner anymore and you, you do training for private clients. Walk us through a, a typical day for you. Uh, typical day. So I'm up early about um, 3.45 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, my first client is right around um, 5 o'clock on, on, during the week. And so – uh, I get up and I have a, this morning ritual that sets me up for the day. I always go for a walk first thing in the morning. I'll, I'll um, get up, get some water, and I'll go for a walk. And I listen to these uh, uh, meditation um, 
uh, tapes and, you know, on, on, you know, meditation apps. I go for about a 20, 30 minute walk and then, then I'll come back to the house and kind of prep my lunch and stuff like that. And I'll take off. My first client is, um, is, uh, five o'clock. And then, um, most days I'm, you know, five o'clock and then to six o'clock and then I have a half hour travel time. So like you said, I'm not in gyms anymore. I go to my exclusive clients where I go and see them in their home. So I call them exclusive clients because they just have me. That That's it. You know, I mean, they have me all themselves for an hour where opposed to a class where you have 10 or 15 people that have, um, that, that I have to watch and instruct. So these exclusive clients just have, you know, me, I'm just giving them their uh, private personal attention. And so um, and I usually typically do, you know, five to six appointments a day and uh, all within, you know, they're usually within a half hour from each other. So I travel anywhere from um, in the San Diego area. So anywhere from like Mission Mission Bay all the way up to Carlsbad, depending on, on the day. And I'll just go the, from client to client. And um, so that's pretty much my day. I, I teach um, two classes a week for a gym in Carlsbad it's called Nicoa. And he's a really good friend of mine. The gym owner is a really good friend of mine. And the first certification I did, I actually certified his instructors. And I teach one of his kettlebell classes. And I do that to um, to mentor the other instructors where they can take over the class. And they're building a kettlebell um, program there. So I, I do that twice a week. It's usually my typical excellent. day. Yeah. Okay, cool. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So anybody out there listening, if you're looking for to be trained and you're okay with swinging a kettlebell around, Robert Buzz would be the person to talk to. Uh, Robert, tell yeah. me a bit about your website. What can what can people expect from from visiting the website? Um, they can expect some information about myself, my background, um, you know, why I do kettlebells. You know, it's, it's definitely a, a tool. I do a lot of different things. I, I um, do postural therapy, postural alignment, and why? Another reason why I do kettlebells is it's so great for people's posture, their mobility, their flexibility. So, um, as this Western um, culture progresses into this kind of uh, bad posture society, uh, kettlebells are more and more beneficial. I just see more and more benef- uh, benefits of people doing kettlebells. So they find out you know, what I do. And then, um, I've got a, a couple of programs, um, that they can, um, they can download, they can be a, a member of, they can su- uh, subscribe to my, my newsletter. I have a monthly newsletter that goes out and, uh, it's all informational. It's not real salesy. And, um, I'm developing programs on the, on the website that, um, they can, it's a very low cost and they're startup programs. Like how do you, really start uh, a program. What do you have to do with your, with your food or set up your house or um, how do you start to work out? You know, how do you start to create a, a habit of exercise? And then um, as I'm going I'm continually putting more and more programs on there, like a, a kettlebell workout program, uh, postural alignment program. So once you're a member, you have access to all these different programs at a very low cost. So, um, yeah, if you want to check it out, my website is robertbud.net. Pretty easy, www.robertbud.net. Robertbud.net. That's Bud with two Ds. Yep, two Ds. Two Ds, excellent. Uh, I know that 
for a fact that you also have a podcast. I was a guest on your podcast a couple weeks ago. Tell the people about the podcast. So that's my new favorite um, child, I guess. (laughs) I don't have any children yet, but, you know, that's, that's, I, I was, um, I started that podcast out of a uh, – someone challenged me. They they challenged me because they said, I bet you can't start a podcast within 30 days and, you know, have guests and all that kind of stuff. And I had never even considered doing a, a podcast. I had listened to a few uh, – you know, I like some podcasts um, that I, I listen to, you know, a lot because, I, you know, when I'm driving, I love listening to podcasts. And, um, and so I – I got some podcast equipment together, you know, microphones, stuff like that, and started asking uh, fellow um, gym owners or chiropractors, um, uh, friends, you know, that they would be on my show. And so I had no idea how it would it would turn out. And it was surprisingly enough, I love it. I love interviewing people. I love finding out um, what has people do with what they do. What, you know, why are they in the profession they do? Kind of what what's the, what's the person be, behind the um, expert chiropractor or gym owner? And um, so just really like, like yourself, like what has you do what you do? Like what, what, what was it as a kid that influenced you? Who influenced you? What books do you read or not read? Um, and so that's <laughs> what I, I started um, doing this podcast and I love it. I have um, I, in, in line in queue, uh, I've got a um, pediatric brain surgeon, um, an, uh, an ex-Navy SEAL is going to be on the show. Um, I'm working on having a uh, police chief get on, be on the show. Um, yeah, so it's, like, it's really exciting. I'm really stoked. You know, business owners, uh, but that's a pretty exciting thing. And that's on the website also. You can go on my website and look, look on the podcast tab and find all the podcasts that I've done. Excellent, excellent. So for everyone out there, Robert's out there. He's taking clients and training them in their homes. He has workout programs on his website. He has a podcast that you can access on his website, a newsletter as well. What's next for you, Robert? What are your future plans for your business? Well, I'm continuing doing these uh, programs. I got a lot of information in my head and a lot of it actually written down. So I've I've done, you know, like 700 and almost 60 YouTube videos, and I've got all these workouts and, and all this information. Now what I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting it together to where it's user-friendly so people can go on one place and find it. And and uh, whether you're a trainer starting out or somebody working out at home, um, I'm developing programs for that. And um, also what I'm, what I'm taking on is um, the baby boomers. So my, my parents are baby boomers, and I see how it's uh, – more and more of a struggle for them to stay healthy and stay active. So that's my next, pretty much my next project is I want to have it to where um, baby boomers can go on my website, do these um, low-cost programs, and keep themselves in shape and and healthy and vibrant into their um, golden years, I guess you can say. So that's that's my next project coming up. That's that's technically my business. Excellent. So you got a lot on your plate. I, I have no, there's no question in my mind that you'll you'll meet your goals. You seem to be a guy that <laughs> that sets sets goals and meets them. Thanks again for for being on Neil Costa Speaks, Robert. How can people find you? Um, you can. Uh, I'm on um, Facebook, Robert Bud. Um, I'm on Instagram, Robert Bud sixteen. Uh, Twitter, Robert Bud sixteen. 
Um, I have also a business page, Robert Bud, and it's under um, uh, Robert Bud Business Person. So I'm kind of all over the the um, social networks, you know, pretty much Robert Bud 16. So my website is robertbud.net, and, you, and there's also a contact tab on there. You can contact me and ask me whatever questions you like, and I get right back to you. Excellent, excellent. So everybody out there that's listening, if you're interested in in fitness coaching, you you have no problems with swinging around a kettlebell or learning how to do so. Robert Bud is the person to contact. He has gave us a, gave us uh, his contact information. Again, thanks Robert for being the first guest on Neil Thompson Speaks. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You too, Neil. All right. Take it easy. You too. Well, everybody, the first episode of Neil Thompson Speaks is in the can. Thank you very much for tuning in. Until we hear from each other next time.